Welcome to episode 172 of Redboard Rewind. My name is Spencer Luganbuehl, and today my special guest is Fairgrounds very own Kevin Kilroy. Me and Kevin go over three races from this past Saturday's sloppy racetrack at the Fairgrounds. Those races were 3, 5, and 8. And some angles that we talk about are how interesting turf form coming over from Evangeline and Delta work on the Fairgrounds dirt. And how using buyer speed figures could show you a favor had plateaued and probably wouldn't improve the next time out. This is Redboard Rewind. It's the same old story in this cycle. We go back and forth. We go back and forth. Ain't good for me. What we do this for? We go back and forth. Won't do this no And now I'd like to welcome in my special guest for this week's Redboard Rewind. I've had him on as much as I possibly can, and now with Fairgrounds opening up, we're going to have him on even possibly more. It's Kevin Kilroy. Kevin, how are you? Spencer, I'm doing great, man. Yeah, thanks for thanks for calling me. I, I love it. Well, listen, it, it's the first week. I'm, I'm looking to, you know, learn as much as I can about Fairgrounds. It's your second year. Tell me some kind of stuff that you're looking forward to and stuff that you're looking to, you know, improve on on your second year here now at the, uh, at the Fairgrounds. Yeah, I mean... It's hard not to uh, be looking forward to all the derby prep races, man. I mean, just like just seeing the past few years. I mean, I- I'm building it up. You know, I do a lot of the publicity stuff and write write the PRs, and, and I'm working hard to tell that story. But it's all true, man. You know, we had the trifecta come, the Kentucky Derby trifecta come through last year, and mm-hmm. um, already hearing that uh, you know Pletcher's looking at point proven coming down, and you know Amos has got, you know, Amos has got Curly Jack and Hoosier Philly, and Hoosier Philly. You know, he said he says that he'll do best by by her but she's the best horse that he's ever had. And so, you know, if he's got the Oaks winner and if he can get the Derby. So, you know, it's just going to be, you know, Kenny McPeak's coming down, um, to, you know, it's going to be stabled there. So I, I'm just looking forward to, to all that un- unraveling and, you know, all those great horses coming through the two-year-olds as they move forward. And, and you know, I love the Louisiana breads, man. I, I follow yeah. Delta Downs and Evangeline and Louisiana Downs and all that sort of stuff. I like the smaller tracks. You know, Hawthorne isn't really – got me into the game and made me fall in love with it. So I like the smaller tracks and Louisiana bread program is it's, it's tight, man. It's, it's well-funded. There's tons of races, tons of stakes races, um, really good breeding going on. And uh, it's fun to have those, uh, you know, those, those non uh, super barns um, who are just like the, you know, the blue collars of the sport uh, coming out and, and bringing their, bringing their best to the fairgrounds and targeting the meat and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's it's all good, man. It's I'm I'm looking forward to it all, but those two things specifically. I feel like, and this for me and for you, like you were a normal horse player a couple of years ago. Now you get to you know, you know, oh my god, I'm gonna have this interview with Todd Pletcher, but Todd's gonna tell me some stuff about the barn that like never in a million years I'd be able to even think about knowing, you know, just opening yeah. up the form on a regular Sunday. And I kind of feel the same way where it's like whether it's just about podcasting or racing in general, like being able to reach out to guys like JK PTF you know, Acacia Courtney, Maggie Wolf, and all these people who I respect so much in the game and having these people at your fingertips, it, it, I thought I loved the sport enough when I was first doing it. Now it's just, it's increased even more knowing that like, you know, you're kind of part of the brotherhood, sisterhood now of what racing is year in and year out. Well, yeah, yeah, man, that's, that stuff 
it's number one. It's uh, all of a sudden you're like, oh, how could I ever think I could handicap a race just by looking at the paper? <laughs> you know, just looking at yeah. just looking at stuff on paper. You know, because there's so much going on. But it, it's really, it's really like, man, the nights where you're like at the bar and you're with the, with the jockey agents and the jocks and mm-hmm. you know maybe a trainer or two and, and other people who are into the sport. And you start talking, everybody's drinking. I mean, that's that's the good shit. I mean, that's where you're like, oh, okay, I understand this sport so much more, man. And you know, you got a place like uh, like Fairgrounds and New Orleans. There's there's locals, and they're you know they're looking out for each other. And I'm not suggesting conspiratorial stuff by any means, but you know, when you're trying to figure out like the jockey game, like why is this jockey riding today? You know, why'd they call this one up? It's like, you know, does he need a win? Or they know the horse is, is going to win no matter what. Who's up? Who's up? Who's bored? You know? Or are they moving because this horse is live? I mean, all that sort of stuff. I mean, there's 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 endless talk about it. It it, it never clarifies the whole picture. You know, it never makes it all um, just like easy easy money by any means. But uh, there's always more to dig into and dive into, and it's it's a lot more fun. You know, just fucking bullshitting at a bar and, and talking about stuff mm-hmm. than uh, just staring by yourself. But I do love the staring by yourself at the screen too. So. It's great, man. I'm, I'm I'm as happy as it gets. All right, this is for for all the Twitter trolls out there who, for me, having a fairgrounds guy, I'm not having having asked this question. So let's <laughs> let's talk the turf course real quick. Obviously, um, I I thought the rumor I heard was it was the Jazz Festival, and obviously the Jazz Festival makes Louisiana a ton of money. I get it, but I, I'll never forget. Like I forget who it was who put the post who put the picture up on Twitter, and someone goes, you know, did someone use raid and not you know fertilizer on that poor turf course? What's uh, a <laughs> Just, just give me the, the the short and sweet about it. Yeah, I mean, the, the honest answer is I don't know what happened, but I can describe it to you, man. I was I was walking on it just uh, this afternoon. Um, the outer half of it is great; it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 everything you'd want to run on. And then the inner half of this, uh, you just looks burnt out. You know, I, I have a I have a yard, and I work it hard in Missouri and our our clay soil, and it's 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 hard to hard to grow grass where i grow i mean it's and it just looks like uh it's just a lot of patches where it's just not coming through and i feel like it's going to be better soon we're getting a good amount of rain it's about to start storming here tonight um i don't know what happened to it honestly and it's you know i I love turf racing and obviously Mm -hmm. i love all of it so it's disappointing and i know everybody's sort of disappointed and and all that sort of stuff and of course just being a Churchill property, you know, everybody's all fired up, you know, and I, I don't blame people, man. You know, I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a rogue sort of, you know, thinker and, and political views and all that sort of stuff. And I, you know, all those big corporations, big money, it's easy to hate on that stuff. So I, I get it, man, but you know, it's real people at the track, you know, working it every day and um, who love the sport and everything like that. So, you know, it's no, I mean, I, you know, I'm also a fiction writer, so I can I can I can theorize about all sorts of you know you know hilarious sort of like plots about how this stuff unfolds. But uh, it's uh, you know it's real people there who, who love the sport, and you know we're trying to trying to get things going. You know, I, I offered to go grow some grass seed, but obviously it was turned down. <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a shame. I, I would imagine as well too, and obviously the couple of races we're going to go over from this past Saturday was a sloppy day that day, so there wouldn't have been probably any turf racing to begin with. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have some of the obviously I've heard some of the barns are coming out, not coming in, you know, because a lot of barns do come in for that turf racing for that wonderful time at fairgrounds. Yeah, uh, are you yeah. at all, are you at all worried about the field sizes and stuff like that? Yeah, it's a concern for sure. I mean, it's that it's it's hard to tell right now because right now we're waiting for all the Kentucky barns to come down. You know, Churchill just got 
just got done. So we'll, we'll kind of see who's there, but we're full. I mean, every stall is full and there's people still waiting to get in. And there's so much racing going on already. I mean, Delta Downs is running. So, I mean, it could take away some of the runners that would be in those fields. I could see that sort of playing out, you know, and I feel bad for all the turf barns who are really pointing to this beginning part of the meet, but we should be back on it at the end of the, at the end of the month, at the end of December. And I mean, to be honest with you, we could run on it on the outer part of it. Mm -hmm. It's just, they they sent uh, James Graham and Colby Hernandez to run on it, you know, give it a a test run the other day. And they came back saying, yeah, it's probably not safe. You know, Um, they had the rails all the way out. You know, it looked like maybe there were some spots that still just didn't get, get covered by having the rails all the way out. And, um, but it looks, it looks, it looks good on that outer part. I think they could run with small fields on it now. So Hopefully, you know, we start moving in that direction or, you know, hopefully we just do what's best for the horses and for the jockeys and make sure they're safe and everything like that. But it looks good on the outer part, man. So I think we'll be over this hump sometime soon. Well, with that bad news over with, let's get into some good news. Let's get into some race talk, my man. Let's talk about race number three from yeah. Fairgrounds from this past Saturday. State bred claiming 12,000. These are for non-wars of three lifetime and three-year-olds going six furlongs on that good old Fairgrounds dirt. Sloppy track. What are we, uh, what do we look through in here? Yeah, go six furlongs right. Yeah, these state breads. You got to know your state breads if you're going to uh, hit these multi-race wagers at fairgrounds. I know we were talking last time about the 15% takeout in the pick five and the new 15% takeout pick six. And there's always going to be a state bread to run into. So, like, you look through these trainers, you know, we got Lee Thomas, Jason Moe, Sam David, Patrick Mouton, Ron Fauché, Denise Schmidt. You know, all these trainers can win at fairgrounds. Um, looking through this field, you know, I think uh, that number three, my heavy son for Mouton, he stepped up and ran really well um, there in that last race, Louisiana Downs. But that was second off the layoff. And for me, that's where Mouton is dangerous. I think he likes to get a run in and really use that run to position for that second second start. So I you know, wanted to fade my heavy son, knowing that 7-2 on the morning line, he was going to take some money. Um, Gypsy's soulmate was dangerous in here. One of the couple of entries, Sam David Jr. starting hot. He's fantastic. And, you know, these, this homebred from the Hernandez WL team, they're – they send out big time runners at um, at their ground. So if you ever see Keith Hernandez, Earl Hernandez, John Duviel listed, know those are all horses that are trying to get into stakes races for these mm. state breads. But looking at the siblings, I just kind of looked back and see they're successful siblings, but they just haven't run much faster than Gypsy Soulmate already has. So my you know my chances are we've seen the best of Gypsy Soulmate, and and you know she he's not going to be able to take that other step forward. So I was excited to fade. Gypsy soulmate, little rascal man looked dangerous, had run some some big thoroughgraph figures in the past. But, you know, we're going to see this again and again. We've got turf runners uh, who, are, who are coming onto the dirt and will that form hold and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, did little rascal man have form over the early fall? I don't think so. But little rascal man seemed dangerous. Here we come to get you also last year, had run some good stuff, but seemed maybe on the way out. But young Tuscan seemed like the one to me in here. Lee Thomas has been having a, a huge year, although he hasn't had a ton of success at fairgrounds. Um, but uh, he, he already had one win, so that you know gave me confidence in him. And it just seemed like we had the huge lone speed runner here, even though some of these others had some early jets. I was really thinking that Young Tuscan um, could get out in this this you know this turf form would translate. Here's one of the things to know about Louisiana Downs and Evangeline Downs in terms of their turf courses, because you, you're going to see this again and again, you know, horses that ran on those is they really play a lot like dirt. I mean, they're, they're cut really thin, you know, it's not some sort of like lush um, Kentucky Downs, like feral situation, you know, it's, it's a pretty trim 
tight course. So I think those those running lines translate and those horses translate over to the dirt course uh, pretty easily. So that's a good thing to know. Um, so, you know, I, I leaned heavily on Young Tuscan in here in my multi-race wagers and, and took a took a swing in the, in the wind pools. I, yeah, I think it was three to one is what Young Tuscan uh, went off at at the end there. If you're following along on the Redboard Rewind bingo card, uh, Kevin Kilroy bringing up thoroughgraphs. We all know how much he loves his thoroughgraphs now. <laughs> you can uh, mark that one off. It's funny to bring up Evangeline Downs. That's one of – that was the one track I was playing one night. It's my second best night ever at a race. Really? Simulcasting uh, Evangeline Downs, just a funny little thing there. I mean, for, for me in this race, and listen, like you said, it's the state bred races here. And I think that's what makes fairgrounds so much fun is, A, you get the PPs hella early. God yep. bless. Thank you for that. The state bred racing is just as good, if not better, than other tracks around the country. And in this race, the stat you brought up about Gypsy Soulmate, which I had talked to you before this, I just thought this one coming in, you know, a couple 60s. Now we come off the layoff for, for Sam David, who had been so good, six, six for eight in the money, three wins already. I want to take horses in these state bred races that have good form. And this one had the best form. Now obviously comes off the layoff. But route to sprint in the plus 180-day layoff, you know, for how good the form was having such a long layoff. I just thought he would have this one ready to roll. A couple others. I mean, when you're looking through this type of race, you know, totally addicted the other, the 1A, that race two back out of Angelin off the turf. I just thought was fine. Had that slow pace figure uh, at the three-quarter mark. Young Tuscan for me, I just... Listen, had that turf form, that sloppy race three back, I didn't think was good enough to win this race. And when it comes up like that and a horse takes money, as this one did, for me, it's a pass. I know you had said, for my heavy son, you thought this one would take money. This one took no money going off at 10 to 1. If, yeah. if you had known that, going through picking uh, you know, your multis and all that, would this one probably be included in the multis as well? No, I really do. You know, I feel pretty good about Mouton as being a second time out. You know, sure. I think that's that's really his, his angle there. And it was going to have to be a big step forward for my heavy son in terms of the figures. So I thought, uh, yeah, I definitely wanted to fade this one no matter what. Um, and just uh, but definitely play it back next time. I'm excited for the second one. And of course, I tell you the facts, though, you know, it did seem live in here. Fauché, um, you know, meet leading trainer past two. He's always gets him going. And, and Ray getting up on this one it was interesting. I expected that they wanted to get a little bit more gate speed like we saw from this three-year-old, you know, earlier uh, um, last last season here at Fairgrounds. Um, that one was the one that made me the most nervous, you know, just because of the connections and, and the past form there. Um, and one other thing with the Gypsy Soulmate, boom, you were talking about Sam David. I forget, man. Sorry, I had something I was going to say that was smart, but totally totally passed out of my head. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, you know, and, and we'll get to the race replay just right now. I, I feel like as well, when you're looking in these state bread races with these two type of conditions, it's good to try and get single and get, you know, I feel like a lot of people will go wider in this race and try to have the contrarian view of like, okay, if I can go one or two deep in here, whether it's chalky or not, hopefully you can just kind of, you know, get through the leg with a decent opinion. And with that, my top pick was Gypsy Soulmate. Kevin going with Young Tuscan, hoping to go wire to wire. Let's see who gets it done in the third right now. Young Tuscan broke sharp. Real sharp there for Brianne Culp. Young Tuscan went to the front from Gypsy Soulmate. Then on the outside is Lil Rascal Man and joined toward the inside. Looking to gain ground as I tell you the facts is racing a joint third. Here we come to get you running in fifth. 
and My Heavy Sun Trails, the sextet here in the slop. As they go past the half-mile pole, advantage Young Tuscan. Young Tuscan takes them to an opening quarter in 22.55 seconds, just over three furlongs from home. Young Tuscan leads around the far turn by three to Gypsy Soulmate. With on the outside, looking to gain ground is Lil Rascal Man with I Tell You the Facts in fourth. Here we come to get you as five lengths off this leader, and my heavy son is last. Young Tuscan spins them in. Went past the quarter pole in 46.64 with Brianne Culp. Young Tuscan continues out in front with one more furlong to go. From on the outside, a charging Lil Rascal Man who's trying to reel Young Tuscan in. But now inside the final half furlong, Young Tuscan is finding to the finish. Young Tuscan. Young Tuscan takes out the state bread sprint. Young Tuscan on top. Lil Rascal Man was second. Gypsy Soulmate third. And my heavy son gained fourth. One and Young Tuscan does take them wire to wire. Eight eighty, the winning mutual, the winning buyer being a seventy-seven. So super, super good improvement on that end. And I mean, like you had said, if you look at the last dirt race, it was a fifty-two. We're technically fifty-four. I guess the turf form, like you had said, just went right over. And it's good to know that. And that will probably be one of the angles that I uh, we talk about later on. We'll just be. When you play Delta and Evangeline, it's like playing on the dirt. So good angle there for yeah. the winner. Um, yeah, yeah. Young Tuscan, I think another one, it just, you know, if there was other speed in, in here, um, it seems like when he does get headed, he does fold. So I think that's 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 something there. And I remember the Gypsy Soulmate thing I was going to say is when you see these horses that haven't run um, since last meet at Fairgrounds, don't be nervous about that. Don't think that uh, this horse, you know, is unsound or – um, or anything like that. I mean, trainers like Sam David, like Ron Fauche, and a lot of them, they'll just you know turn their horses out, keep them fresh because they want to run the fairgrounds meet and they want to have you know the legs for the entire meet and keep keep them going there. So I was talking to Ed DeRosa and he was saying that there's even a it's a flat bet profit if you like over the past two years if you just bet horses who their last race was fairgrounds. Um, so yeah, don't be, don't be nervous. Don't think that there's something wrong with the horse when you see him coming from these, uh, barns and they haven't run since last spring. I think as well, you know, just looking through a little rascal man getting done with that second place, 68, the winning buyer or 68, the second place buyer there, just, you know, nice improvement. Had run that 64, four or five back had that weird 55, but I mean, you know, kind of just jumped back up into that first race off the layoff and listen, sometimes all you have to do is go all that way back. This one's coming off a layoff. Ran a solid 64 first off the layoff last time. This is a 68. Six to one, you're beating two horses like Gypsy Soulmate, who you had said, you know, when we look through all these other horses, you know, wasn't going to improve as much. You know, I'll tell you the facts. That was the big disappointment for a lot of people in this race, going off as yeah. a favorite and just absolutely shitting the bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is one of those races where it was too murky once I got past my main opinion for me to even think about doing something vertically. Uh, so I just really wanted to... Uh, just dive in with that win and, and use, you know, as a single in there because yeah, all these other ones look pretty close to each other. What's well, Wanderace number five? This being another state bread. This is an allowance, not where it's three lifetime, one mile and 70 yards on the dirt. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I just thought Foolish Dreams was the best horse in the race. Another one that, if you look, five out of the last six in the money. The one miss was at this sort of level at Louisiana Downs, but I just thought the last couple of levels and the fact at the last two nice second places, three for four on the wet. 327 was the wet mark. This one for me is a favorite. Just a nice single and move on. Yeah, I mean, Foolish Dreams uh, looks sharp when, when he's uh, when he put his run together. Definitely one that I liked in here. Um, this is one that I, 
I thought a few could win. Um, that being one, guitar tuition, please. Looking at the sires numbers with wet going two turns, seemed like we could see an improvement here. Shane Wilson is, is a trainer who's, I think, really live in this meet, so keep an eye on, on his, his barn. Martin Ice has put some good runs together, especially that one off the layoff you know, around this time last year at the beginning of the meet. Um, entered in the Crescent City Derby as a three-year-old and, you know, again, from Sam David, fantastic uh, trainer. Um, the one, though, I was excited, scoring drive, you know, was re-entered here after scratching out a couple days ago. And uh, Bunky Richards is great off the layoff, started off really hot, um, the meet last year. And takeover targets, a small sample side, we haven't had many runners from takeover target, but um, going two turns on the fast track, um, something like 21%. 25% winners, you know, it's out of 25 runners or something like, like that. Not quite as high on a wet track. So maybe a little bit nervous, but still I thought the price was right with scoring drive. So, um, I led with scoring drive on top and try to work some of these others underneath. And, um, Mr. Tin man has, has run against some good ones. Um, play Mo. I got nervous about play Mo when I looked in the paddock and I saw Jake Delome there and I was like, Oh shit, Jake came for this one. I should have played play mo on top you know he's he's here and oh man ran to the crescent city derby and it's great connections the whole family does such great work with their horses and uh you know jake from super bowl fame so um that one i was i was trying to fade and trying to beat just hadn't quite seen the same numbers uh from him as the others in here so i was i was heavy on scoring drive and my verticals and and uh used that and uh um foolish dreams and guitar tuition please in my and martin ice in my uh in my uh, horizontals foolish dreams for myself looking for a little bit of scoring drive from a man kev let's see who gets it done right now mr tin man springs right into action play bow martinized and toward the rail scoring drive foolish dreams end in the early stages guitar tuition please has drifted back to last ball wide and they have just over seven furlongs to run so with james graham mr tin man takes the top it's Mr. Timman in front of, on the outside, Play Mo, who's gained second and toward the rail, scoring drive in third. Three-quarters length to Martinize between horses. Guitar tuition plays in the purple cap, looking to make progress for this backstretch run and toward the rail. Foolish Dreams has dropped back to sixth. The opening quarter, 25.10 seconds, and now five for longs from home. It's Mr. Tin Man who dictates things to Play Mo, who's second and close up there for Colby Hernandez, Martinized and guitar tuition please on the extreme outside. Scoring drive is nestled in toward the rail and Foolish Dreams looks to move up in between that pair. The half mile, 49.68, they turn again. And uh, dropping back was Mr. Tin Man from his early efforts, it's Play Mo. Play Mo leans as they round the far turn, Martinized right there on the outside, poised for Marcelino Pedroza Jr. Shortly play Mo from Martinized as they come toward the top of the stretch. Guitar tuition please in third, then scoring drive from Foolish Dreams end. Dropping back to last was Mr. Tin Man. They've straightened away after three quarters. In 1 minute 15.25 seconds, Martinized play Mo right there toward the inside. And play Mo is game, game as he comes. Play Mo battles Martinized and these two in a Tussle past the 16th. Play Mo. More offense from Play Mo with Kobe Hernandez. Play Mo. Play Mo denies Martinized. And Play Mo gets it done. 69 the winning buyer. 820 the winning mutual. Listen, I guess when Jake DeLoma shows up, uh, 
that's really all the handicapping you need. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of people say, like, oh, it doesn't matter who shows up. Sometimes, like, if you know that certain people aren't showing up every race for a certain horse that they're a part of, and this one, and this time they do, I know a lot of it's probably chatter out of the barn, but I tend to give, like, one point of, like, improvement to some horses when it comes to that, for me at least. Yeah, you know, I was I was half joking, you know, because they don't run too many, and he's he's a big fan. He's not just showing up, just you know, just for the winter circle at all. He's he, he's into it, you know. The whole family is mm-hmm. Jeff and you know their dad Jerry. Um, so half joking, you know, it's one of these horses where I just look back and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I know the barn does great work. I know they were ambitious, you know, by slotting into that Crescent City Derby, so they really like this horse and. You know, there's there's a little bit of a layoff there, but it's the same sort of situation. You know, they're they're targeting this meet. You know, that's where they want to win. So it's one of those things. Blinkers off, and um, boom, back in the winner's circle. It looked great getting that win there. I feel like too, just looking through this this race. You know, full of streams. Of, I think it's a single, and I like it at two to one. Now doesn't run well at all, but is three to one. Now that should probably just put up absolute just. You know, this horse is not going to run back to these races that I thought these seventy twos and seventy sevens back in the day. I think though at three to one, I'm I'm fair to take a shot here. Martinez is at nine to five, man. I just sixty seven, sixty nine, sixty seven, sixty seven, seventy six. This horse is going to run a high sixty or possibly bump up into the mid seventies. And you yeah. look at all these other horses. I mean, I crossed out Play Mo off the layoff, but I mean, has never been into a claiming race. Ran in that in that Derby race at Fairgrounds didn't run well, but it's kind of hard to go from the allowance into a stake race. They dropped this one back down, didn't run as well on the turf. They take they take him off, and I just feel like you know, sixty one to one hundred eighty days, forty three percent, forty percent, totally right. Oh, and both times weren't supposed to run good on the wet track. Yada yada yada. You know, form is form, and um, yeah, looked good there. Martinize it seemed you know he had a shot there. That was a battle at the yeah. end. Um, the talk was maybe Pedrosa should have got into him a little bit more, uh, but also we've seen Martin Ice hang a little bit, so uh, he doesn't always finish the job. Something to something to consider, and you know where'd scoring drive end up? Jeez, man, not even close. Didn't even give me a thrill. Sometimes that's always the most frustrating thing when we're over here betting the horses. Once we won the last race of this podcast, it's a maiden special weight race number eight from the fairgrounds this past Saturday. Six furlongs on the dirt. We're talking two year olds, and, and listen in, in this type of race. I love to break these races down. Sometimes it's not even using formulary right off the rip. A horse like Mo Lovin for me, when they bought it for 160, or I'm sorry, 160,000 is the uh, the sire fee, and then they pay 150. That's a little bit concerning. My aunt Snooky, first of all, great name, great two year old trainer and Chris Ricard, 59 and two bullet last time out at Churchill. Yes, please. Also at five furlongs, I'll take that every single day of the week. And I thought tease me not another one. A little bit limited in the workouts, but had a nice bullet two back. These are the type of horses that I'm trying to hit in this race and, you know, bank on it for what is the best horse coming out of the last race. Six at the uh, first call, but within two lengths. That's always good to see. And finished a decent third at Delta. Uh, Vivaciously is the other one, $250,000 horse. I, I mean, when I'm looking overall at all these horses, I liked going for my Aunt Snooky just because, first of all, the price. Good two-year-old, good, good workout. Vivaciously is going to take all the money anyway, being out of the ass muscle barn. And, you know, I'll let that one beat me if it comes down to it. What about you? Yeah, this was a race where I really, really like these three inside runners. Um, trick question, Mo Love and my Aunt Snooki. Spit him with that uh, sharp workout there. 
um, on November 21st and, uh, you know, Godolphin Homebred, they always come uh, with runners here. And um, that one seemed live to me. My Aunt Snooky as well, you know, it says Richard, you know, this is trainer for Richard, but this is, this is a Tom Amos horse. Um, Cloud computing is an exciting sire and seeing that bullet workout, I was like, all right, this seems good. And Mo Love, and this is one of the, the downfalls about being maybe a little bit too close to all this stuff is, you know, we were in uh, John Ortiz's barn the other day, just like doing stuff with uh, heart rhythm and getting ready for the Thanksgiving classic. And, and she was in there, you know, talking they, they liked, you know, they liked Mo Lovin and, you know, yeah, you look at the, the purchase price. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I gotta get, I gotta get keener about that. Get get wiser about that. Seeing how sold for less than the, uh, the, the stud fee, but um, also w- watching the workout, um, that are up on Bruno at the works live. I was like, okay, working better than the sable mate and all this sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm like, the price is right. Let's take a shot with Mo Lovin on the win end. I used those three in my, uh, in my multi-race picks, but I really wanted to fade vivaciously. Um, I think just looking into Tara Promessa, she uh, went, went sprint to route in between her first start and her second start. And she won going two turns. And mm-hmm. then she went on to, you know, enter the Oaks and win some graded stakes and, you know, Stone Street Stables horse, Steve Aspison, he's not trying to get that win first time. He doesn't need that. That's not what he's he's getting these horses going for. He's got the larger picture in mind. So this is definitely one that I'm excited to bet next time, assuming that we're going two turns. But I wanted to fade vivaciously. And these other runners just didn't seem like they had the same pedigree in class as uh, as the the inner three that I was excited about. Well, you know, the Bolt of World, it teased me not, but I didn't mm-hmm. know who Arthur Pike was. I didn't ever stop and look into Arthur Pike. So I've got to do that. Uh, so just not a connection I'm familiar with. I just remember from, you know, even just, you know, Boltioro's numbers for the first time stars has been yeah. very, very solid. And yeah, so, so me, good. At six to one with the limited works, I'm going to let this one, you know, go at six to one to try to, you know, give me give me some chills and, and thrills here in this uh, two-year-old race. But inside three runners for Kevin, trick question, Mo Love and my Aunt Snooky. For me, it's my Aunt Snooky and tease me not trying to get through vivaciously. Let's see who gets it done and breaks her maiden. Right now. Sweet Champlain broke quick. There's Sweet Champlain going to the front for Ray Lou Gutierrez, headed off by the Godolphin first time starter. It's Trick Question in the Royal Blue, who dashed up for David Cohen, takes the front. Trick Question leads them toward the half mile pole from Bank on It, who's vying for second with Mo Lovin. My Aunt Snooky fourth with the rail. After breaking real sharp, Sweet Champlain is now running in fifth. Then toward the inside is Tease Me Not in the Green Silks, who's looking to gain off of Philly's heels. And the Stone Street Stables newcomer vivaciously trails the maiden juvenile Philly sprint with a quarter went past. Sloppy track in 22.18 seconds. Now inside three to go. And it's Trick Question who leads coming toward the quarter pole from Bank on It. With nearest the inside, my Aunt Snooky, who starts a bid. Tease Me Not sweeping on the far outside. Trick Question at the top of the stretch. It's Trick Question, half mile 46.34. But now they're in the final furlong into half. Trick question leads here. My Aunt Snooky, who's charging hard on the outside. Trick question continues to hold this advantage from My Aunt Snooky, who now levels off, and then Sweet Chablis and Vivaciously from the back, but close to home. Trick question. David Cohen for Mike Stidham. A Godolphin win. Trick question debuts on top. And Trick question gets it done. 73 the winning buyer, 940 the winning mutual. Nice when you can win by open lengths there with a horse at 7 to 2. My Aunt Snooky runs second. I mean, pr- pretty much can't hit the race any better than that between the two of us. Yeah, yeah. It was good to get get through that leg and be alive to the next one because I wanted to fade that favorite lead me in that mm-hmm. last leg, which which worked out. Um, but trick question, wow. I mean, that was that was a big run. It was you know sloppy track and and speed was holding uh, 
pretty well that day. Um, looks well, we got 73 buyer. I think it was like an 86 Brisnet speed figure. So a good first effort. And, you know, watching that race back a few times, cause I did today, you know, from at first watching, it just seemed like trick question really just as soon as, as you know, as, as soon as uh, she felt my aunt Stucky bearing down, she just like responded, you know, and gathered more run. And, and that was great to see, but watching it, the head on, it seemed like also they were just both, you know, veering in and out a little bit. And when my aunt Stucky came back in, it was the same time trick question was coming back out. So maybe that stopped my aunt Stucky's run a little bit. So I think that's a good thing to note about my, about Snooky uh, moving forward that maybe uh, she's got a little bit more than what we saw there, but uh, still trick question was, you know, Super impressive there. Great ride by, by David Cohen. Interesting, too. 73. I mean, I mean, I would imagine that's a pretty solid buyer for fairgrounds for these maiden Philly two-year-olds. You know, in fact, this one yeah. probably going to, uh, to one of the sick races next time out. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great trip. Like I said, she broke really well and got to the front, and Cohen didn't keep asking. You know, he reserved um, his horse for, for the late stages, and, you know, it worked out perfectly. So that's the next question. You know, can she pass? And and deal with all sorts of other trouble that happens. But yeah, that's a good number. That is all the time we have for today's podcast. I do want to thank my special guest, Kevin Kilroy, for coming on and talking all things fairgrounds with me. Kevin, let people know what they can look forward to with a fairgrounds and with yourself going forward. Yeah, we got the Louisiana Champions Day, December 10th. So look forward to that. Um, a, a good day of racing and these Louisiana breads can shine. So hopefully you can tap into all your, your knowledge there and, and take some of these tips to, to score that day and, yeah, I'll just be down here in the thick of it, man. So I'm putting out the notes and being on air on Sundays once once Joe K gets down here. Um, before that, I'll just be on air for the next couple of days um, and just uh, living the good life in New Orleans, man. You know, couldn't, couldn't ask for anything more. Thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Spencer, man. Be good. A big thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast and all the rest of the podcast on the In The Money Media Network. also want to give a special thanks to my special guest, Kevin Kilroy, for coming on and talking everything Fairgrounds Racing. This show has been a production of In The Money Media. In The Money Media's president is Peter Thomas Fornatel. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin, and our In The Money Media business manager is Drew Coatney. I'm Spencer Luganbuehl. We will see you next time.